We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in everyone to another edition of the pack a day podcast thanks again for joining us today my name is dan conic and joining me today are my two usual co-hosts all three of us back together for the first time in what feels like a month month and a half should have looked back and seen when the last time it was that we all three were together again. But we are all back as a group. It's Janelle Mackey and Eli Berkovitz joining me again today. Guys, how are you doing? And how many years did yesterday's game take off of your life? Estimate. Because I'm about like five or ten years of that last those last two minutes just completely. I will never get those back. Okay, I guess Eli's going to have me go first. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was worried that my microphone was muted like I was pulling a Janelle there. Oh, no, yeah. no, I'm here. Uh, I should have known Eli was going to pause and make me go first. But, no, I mean, I wasn't feeling super good yesterday. So, like, that really didn't help watching that game. It kind of felt like like I was kind of half in, half out. It probably, probably a good game for me to not be able to focus on 100%. But, oh, my gosh, it was just – you know, it wasn't making me feel any better. I was so slumped into my recliner. I was like, this is not happening. Like, I mean, I didn't expect a blowout of a game, but I did not expect it to come down to having to defend a two-point conversion and then re- uh, recover an onside kick. I did not expect it to come down to that. And I think that, you know, it just kind of shows how big of a piece Kenny Clark is when it comes to the run game. And just, you know, they didn't look very great. And there's just so many different factors going into that game where I, truthfully, I don't know if they deserve to win that one, but I'm glad they did because the Ravens, considering all the things that they were going through, which the Packers have had their fair share of injuries as well, but the Packers are a better team. So they should have definitely taken more advantage of the Ravens injuries and missing players and, I don't know. Like I said, going into this week, this entire division with the Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals, like they're an enigma. 
and we couldn't take anything lightly with them. And they came out and showed us why nobody can figure them out. But I'm glad they were able to get away with a one point win and win the division. So yeah, I don't know if I'll live to see past 50 after that game, but you know, <laughs> they're 11 and three, so it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Eli? Yeah. Um, in terms of years off my life, I think I'm right around you, uh, Dan, somewhere in the <laughs> seven to 10 range. I just, yeah. I mean, you go and you have that, I think it was fourth and five or fourth and six stop, you know, midway through the fourth quarter with a chance to really put in the dagger, I believe up 28, 17 at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's going to look at the missed throw to Lazard in the end zone, which was absolutely painful as hell to watch. But for me, it was the play before that where for some very strange reason, Rodgers threw the ball to Devante about six or seven yards behind the line of scrimmage with a bunch of Baltimore defenders out in front of him. And it went from being a second and five to all of a sudden, you know, second and goal, I should say, like at the five to being third and goal at like the 11. And the fact that they even had the chance to score and just missed the throw was pretty surprising. But that that was very tough. And then, you know, looking at the first drive of the game when Rodgers, you know, just missed, I would say Rodgers obviously was incredible yesterday, but those two missed throws were were throws that could have been big at some key times. And, uh, but most importantly, they were able to pull out the win, like Jen said, win the NFC North, uh, maybe not early, early, but relative, relatively early with a couple of weeks of the season left to go. And I just think we're finally starting to see the offense of last year. Is it coming out in the first quarter? Definitely not for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the graphic, but mm-hmm. we are tied with the, Detroit Lions with nine <laughs> scoreless first quarters, which is just beyond painful to see that up on the screen. But the fact that the Packers have scored 76 points in their last two games, only from the second through fourth quarter, shows that this is the kind of kind of offense that could get turned on at any moment and then just keep rolling from there. Yeah, I, I think that's... That's a really good summation of the offenses. They they play like last year's offense for the last three quarters of the game. The first quarter of the game, it's a crapshoot. I feel like, yeah. and I think too with it, like you talk about those zero points in the first quarter, you have to you have to look at the way this defense plays too, because that I think affects it as well. Like think about like this past week. The Ravens had like two drives, I think, that took almost seven minutes off of the clock. Like they had almost the entire first quarter there of possession. And so like if they don't get something going on that first drive, there's so many of those first quarters that it feels like they only get really one shot, uh, yeah. especially if they especially if they start off on on defense like they did this past week. Um, yeah, it was it was just another one of those scenarios where a really close game where the play calling and execution just failed the Packers at the wrong moment and just opened the door open for everybody. And yeah, Kenny Clark, uh, I thought the defense played pretty well without Kenny Clark, all things considered. Just that um, up the gut run. Right. I couldn't, you know, you don't realize how important that big man is until he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree. I, I think, 
Kenny Clark is there. That's a completely different outcome of the game. Um, I still think that maybe they run the perimeter more, which also wasn't great, you know, against Justin Fields the prior week. But I mean, yeah, that it was just painful to watch them run it up the middle every single time. And then they started to cover the middle and then they did start to go on the perimeter. So I don't know, maybe just Rundy needs to be better, but I'm just glad they were the make the stops when they really needed to. Yeah, made the stops when they needed to. No uh no turnovers, right? I, I don't I don't think I remember no. two turnovers on downs, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they did just they did just enough to get by, take care of themselves. Um yeah, so I think you take when it's a when it's a non conference game like this, I think uh you just are happy with a win. I don't think you really need much more much more than that. You're not going to see – I don't think we're going to see this Ravens team later on in the season, or at least the chances are much more slim versus, you know, when we play the Rams, Saints, stuff like that. So yeah, um, sure. so after this game this week, let's take a look at our stock up, stock down report. It's what we like to do every other week when we're here on the show. Take a look at who we're thinking, who we feel is trending up, who we feel is trending down after this game. I think there's a lot of interesting ways we could go with it after that game that we saw yesterday. Uh, I've got two guys, one from each side of the ball, defense and offense. Uh, what about you, uh, Janelle? Why don't you start us off? Why don't you get us going with uh, one of your stock ups for this week? Yeah, uh, so obviously it was an overall really ugly game, but I felt like it was still easier for me to find guys whose stock actually went up versus stock mm-hmm. down. There was really only a couple um, of stock downs that I could really think of because a lot of it was more just like flat line. They didn't go up, didn't go down because it, it felt like it was such a whole team effort when they were not playing well, where it wasn't as much individuals. But I did have a couple guys whose stock went up. And I think that the first one that needs to be addressed immediately is the offensive line and their coaching with Adams uh, Stenevic. Is did I say that right? Maybe I don't know if I've ever said his name out loud before, but I think that just, you know, with Billy Turner being kind of the last domino to fall on that offensive line and still being able to come out and protect Aaron Rodgers the way that they did. I think that, you know, he deserves a raise and this whole offensive line and the depth deserve much applause because it cannot be easy to, you know, throw together these combinations and go out there and perform the way that they are. I mean, this is almost like a second, third string offensive line protecting the reigning MVP, potential four-time MVP. And I just think that it's it's truly amazing that they're able to go out there, not only find the talent, but also utilize the talent. And that's just so huge for this game, especially when you have, you know, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and you need to protect him it's just it's incredible to not have to worry as much when a guy goes down and I really hope that we can get some of these starting pieces back soon but it really has been amazing just the adversity that um, this line and their coaching staff has had to face all year long for them to be able to come out and you know we really don't notice any issues so I think that that needed to be addressed immediately and we need to send them a big fruit basket for the holidays and wish them all the merry, merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, whatever they may celebrate. Just I, they deserve all the best. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It it's funny it's it's funny that you bring this up because I I'll I'll just say this right now one of my stock downs was Dennis Kelly, oh really at right tackle, um see I guess you're you're targeting an individual I'm looking at at the overall yeah because yeah no you're you're right like they they kept the pocket clean for the most part there was those couple times where uh, like Royce Newman especially got kind of blown back and it caused a lot of issues at times. Um, it's going to be 10 times as, as bad this coming week against against that Browns pass rush. Uh, but you, you, your overall point remains valid because with the job that – with the players that they have and the talent that they have out there, the coaching staff has done a great job of getting them ready to play as a number one offensive line. And so e- even with the few missteps and even with uh, Dennis Kelly, in my mind, being a sort of a stock down uh, – I think I think your point still still remains valid overall. The offensive line stock up. Yeah, I mean, giving up again, really across the entire line, backups. And I know Lucas Patrick is is, is not necessarily a huge liability, but he did he he was not the starting center at the beginning of this year. So literally across all five spots, I guess except Royce Newman, who is a rookie, you're looking at backups and a rookie. And for Rodgers to only get sacked two times wasn't you know there was some pressure but not not extensive amounts and also I think Rogers's ability to especially with the toe he was looking he was looking pretty good running around uh had a couple runs 
made some moves. I would have liked to see more sliding instead of kind of going shoulder first, which surprised me a few times. But also, I mean, how many times can one TV broadcast mention a person's toe? It's a, they had the whole yeah. they had like a movie pro thing. The, as the, like as a, the that, toe heels thing was as yeah. the toe heel. Like what was Which that? I don't thing? need Aaron Rodgers blowing up toe on my yeah. like six yeah. TV. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have lived without it. Seeing it on Twitter is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just think it's it's yeah, it is a broken toe. Yeah, it is impressive and great that he's playing through it, and we all love it. But like, got like enough, enough, enough talking about the toe. Like, you can't, they can't go five minutes without bringing up his toe. But uh, I do overall, though, agree with Jen. I think just in general throughout the year, especially just talking about Adam Stenovich himself, like he and and Luke Butkus, uh, the assistant offensive line coach, they have taken pieces. And it just really hasn't mattered. And they've put them in and it has worked. And in years past, there were times where, you know, and maybe a little bit longer ago, but not too long ago, where Rodgers was one of the more sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And the last, you know, for sure this year, even last year, like that really hasn't been the case. And I think it both goes to the to the offensive line coach coaching and the players. And of course, also Matt LaFleur's scheme and getting rid of the ball quick and Rodgers playing within the scheme and making the quick throws and they were opening up especially in the second half and specifically up the middle terrific running lanes aaron jones was ripping off eight to 12 yard runs it seemed like almost every other time he touched the ball so i think the offensive line definitely it wasn't perfect but i think it was a good performance obviously the the biggest and dan to your point about dennis kelly he definitely had that pretty badly Against Houston, I believe it was. He blew right by him pretty easily on that yeah. sack. So that definitely did not look good. But in general, I think it was a pretty great performance out of the offensive line. Which and, Dennis uh, Kelly spent a good chunk of this year hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, he truly, I mean, at least he's healthy right now because it would have been really interesting if he wasn't. So, I mean, maybe just shaking off a little bit of that rust since it's really been a while since he's played in a game. I don't remember exactly when he was able to go back and do practice, but or like when he was able to rejoin and practice in full. But, I mean, hopefully these two weeks, you know, jumping in against the Bears and the Ravens, hopefully going into Christmas if he's called upon, hopefully a little bit of that rust is off and he'll have a really good game at Lambeau. Yeah. All right, Eli, your first stock up for the week. My first stock up for this week, I got to go MVS. I mean, not that yep. his, his stock was all that down, but just to show that he can be consistently relied upon. And for me, the biggest thing is just that touchdown catch. Not only that it was a touchdown, but for years, we all know that his hands were potentially questionable at times and with a defender on his back, and there was actually even contact as he was reaching for the ball, mm-hmm. and for him to make a out outstretched, full-on hands catch, you know, we've seen so much of him, you know, trying to get the ball to his body, hasn't always necessarily worked out the best. He snagged that ball, looking like, you know, Devontae Adams, Jordy, Cobb, just boom, hands out, got it, and then the reach, because he was contacted, it was like at the two-yard line, like the way he kept his knees up, elbow off the ground, reached over over the goal line. It was just very, very impressive. And you're just seeing simply both MVS and Lazard, I think, 
they're they're fully they have fully gained Rogers trust and they are showing why like they're not making him regret throwing any throws that he makes to them. I mean, the pass to Lazard where he fell on his head awkwardly and luckily he looks to be okay. But the fact that Rogers would even attempt that throw to him, I don't know if that would have happened, uh, you know, maybe last year. And I don't know how many other receivers on the team he would try that throw with. And also, I mean, Lazard nearly caught it. I mean, if he would have caught that ball, it would have been one of the best catches of the season. And I just love seeing Rodgers have trust in people not named Devontae Adams. And that even, you know, goes to guys. We all know how much he trusts Mercedes Lewis, but I don't think there's anyone on the team they're looking for more to get in the end zone. They've been designing plays for, for Lewis week after week, and he is just bouncing off tacklers, and it is so fun to watch. Yeah, I definitely – MVS, it's like – you can tell week in and week out Rodgers wants to hit him on that deep stride. And, you know, the, um, you know, the connection is just like a hair off with the accuracy. So to be able to see, you know, that ridiculous throw up the middle that I don't even know how it got to MVS, you know, that's, that's some kind of like black magic voodoo. I don't understand how a quarterback can do that, but not only does Rodgers make the perfect throw, but MVS is also able to execute. And I think we've been seeing a lot more of that execution from MVS that, you know, we've been wanting and we've been craving for so long because we know he has that potential. And it's so fun to see him finally living up to all that. And I mean, you go into a game and it's like, you've got two guys on Devante, but you still got someone like MVS that you can throw the ball to. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I mean, Everybody can. Everybody in the media can talk about how Rodgers has no targets, but you know, watch this game, and he's got a lot of them. And MVS is only going to get better, and it's been so fun to watch him because you know he's obviously got the speed already, so he's beating guys with that. But now that he's really figured out how to consistently catch, which that was really his only biggest issue um, in years past. So you know, he's got that trust from Rodgers that you mentioned, Eli, which is obviously super important because he's getting the targets. And now he's turning those targets into receptions for big gains and touchdowns. And it's, it's insane. So yeah, it's been really fun to watch that connection really develop. And it's just another tool in Rogers belt. Yeah. Uh, that it, When I was going through my list, MVS was the first one on my stock up list. Uh, it, it was, it was a great game for him. And like you guys are saying, especially with teams putting Two guys specifically, yeah. two out of 11 guys on Devontae Adams, you need to have other people step up. Mm-hmm. And and they've been waiting they've been waiting for MVS to kind of become that guy and it really feels like this year he's he's become not just a occasional deep threat target but he's becoming just an every down you can find him you can scheme him and find him open and and he can make like he's it's not just you know, a nine route straight down the field anymore. He can, he runs different routes. He, he's, he's improved so much as a player this year. And I think he just looks to even get even better next year and, and years on. Like this is, this is, we're only seeing the beginnings of, of what MVS can do. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, my only other stock up that I had on the defensive side has to be uh, Eric Stokes. Yes. I, thought played an amazing game i mean you go to uh the pass to 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 brown i think that was in the i think it was in the fourth quarter um i think it was i think it was the drive where they stopped them and held them out 
on the on the fourth on the fourth down mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. i mean he made he made the plays he every time that the play kind of came his way he made the play and and not only just that but like especially go to that brown play played it absolutely perfectly like you can't play a pass any better than that i saw someone someone on twitter today related it to uh, like Sam Shields, like it looks like a Sam Shields kind of play, and it, and it really does. Like he's he's had ups and downs all season, but Eric Stokes has proven throughout the last couple of weeks, several weeks, that he deserves to be running out here with the big dogs. He deserves to be mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. first team reps. Like he's he's your one of your starting cornerbacks now, and um, and then go obviously to the two-point conversion play. I know that Savage redeemed himself a little bit and got in front of that and tipped that ball a little bit, but Stokes is right there to make that play. And, you know, on, on a night when it was really hard to guard Mark Mark Andrews, he found a way to do it with Savage, and so Stokes has to be stuck up here. Yeah, yeah especially... Just so oh, you go, Eli. No, sorry. I, I was just going to no. real quick mention, sorry, just uh, his ability to... Like even when Marquise Brown caught the ball to come up and make the tackles on yeah. one of the most electric, quickest, speediest players in the NFL to come up and make tackle after tackle, and it was mostly in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. where it's they're on an island. You know, he makes one move and you miss him. All of a sudden, that guy could be gone, and he was he was ripping him to the ground like it was nothing. So I was just very happy to see that. But I was sorry. What were you saying, Jen? Oh, no, I was just kind of, you know, to add on to that, his ability to so quickly, like on a dime, change direction with the receiver and being able to follow a guy on his route. I think that also really showcased a lot yesterday. And that's just another one of those small things that makes him a big player, uh, a big player in the grand scheme of things. You know, he's able to stick with these guys and not get beat. And I mean, his speed is one thing where he can catch up, but also just being able to transition the way that he did, that also showed a lot, and that was fun to see. Yeah, I, that's that's good. The recovery from him, something that we haven't really seen, you know, outside of Jair Alexander. This is this is that's that's the recovery you see from a of a veteran, not a rookie like this. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any other uh, any other stock ups that we haven't missed or, missed or touched on yet? Um, I mean, I could just like quickly list off a few, like, yeah, like rapid fire. Well, I think we need to bring up Mason Crosby, who has been a lot more consistent, um, mm-hmm. you know, just looking like old Mason Crosby. So I think that's really been important to see just, you know, doing his thing, making his goal, making his field goals and his extra points. So I think that he's redeemed himself a little bit there. Um, I do think that. You know, it's hard for guys like Adams and Rogers for their stock to go any higher, but I think we do need to congratulate their connection, you know, with the whole, I think they tied, I think they officially tied uh, him and Jordy's touchdown, you know, duo, dynamic duo thing. And he also, Devontae, obviously is now the number two in touchdowns, but just those two, you, every week you think that they can't be better and they are. So I do think that we need to, acknowledge that at least um I think that AJ Dillon showed a little bit of stock up especially with the onside kick just being able to show that he's versatile not only can he run it down your throat but he can also basically save the entire game if called upon so that's also really important so those were just a couple other key guys that oh and I think just the tight end room in general they've been getting a lot more involved with DeGuara and 
uh, Mercedes and even was it Davis, Davis who yeah. came in and got involved. Yeah, but, so I think <laughs> that they're just utilizing that a lot more and we're not seeing a rare Mercedes target. He's getting two or three a game and Mercedes himself, like he is, you know, he's this big dude trying to put spin moves on these little safeties and cornerbacks. So that's fun to see. So I just think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot that in an ugly game, a lot of positives to take away from. Packers football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game, attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium. Cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. Yeah. Real quick, before we go to stock down, I want just just yes or no, real quick. Does Adams end his Packer career as the number one receiver in touchdown catches, Janelle? He's at I, he's at seventy, right? I think he's at seventy, and, and I Don think Hudson's, Hudson's at, at ninety nine. Does he finish number one? Ooh, I'm gonna say yes. Eli, I am I am agreeing with Jen on that one. <laughs> I think you have to say. I think you just have to. You have to say yes. For a guy like Adams, it, yeah, can't doubt him anymore. He'll get a big I mean, enough contract yeah. where he'll have the years to do it. Yeah, yeah. and they're they're just there. There's no way, regardless. Rogers, no red. They they can't. Let, they're not letting him leave. He's just yeah. too good of a player to allow that to happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's go stock down. I I already said one of mine. I, I when uh when Janelle brought up the offensive line with Dennis Kelly, but I mean I'll I'll get my other one off the off the off the board because I think it's probably everyone's number one with the bullet. Uh, Darnell Savage just yep. <laughs> real like probably probably his worst game as an NFL player. And, yeah. and what, I don't think it was even that close. Like it was just a really rough game overall for Savage. I, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what much more you can say about it. Like Mark Andrews ate his lunch every single play, and even when he wasn't doing that, like Savage just just wasn't wasn't making the plays that we normally see. Like just the, just the just the basic fundamental place, like wrapping up on tackles and doing stuff like that. Savage just, he wasn't doing that. It redeemed himself a little bit, like I said, on the two point play where he had a nice break on the read. Um, but yeah, overall Savage has to be the biggest stock down this week. Yeah, he was definitely, you know, really my only big stock down. And mm-hmm. I think he's been, he's been kind of treading water, for a little bit, it seems like where he hasn't been playing to his potential, but he's been able to get by. Yeah. But this week, it really, especially against someone like Mark Andrews, it really showed, especially, I think, it, I don't remember if it was Andrews first or second touchdown, but <laughs> Savage was behind him. Like he had him mm-hmm. beat on the route, but he was behind him instead of in front of him. And I maybe, you know, I never played football, but I don't think that's how you're supposed to cover someone by playing behind him like that, unless he misread something and thought that. 
I don't know. It's just it just seemed like one of those things as someone sitting on their couch. It just seemed like, you know, an inexcusable play when you have him beat, but you're out of position still. So I don't know if it's just mental errors with Savage where, you know, we know what he can play like and we know what he's capable of. It's just really frustrating to see him getting beat like this. So maybe that redemption on the two point, maybe that'll help him kind of turn things around. But yeah, I don't know. He just for a little bit now hasn't really been impressive. And, you know, the safety room is much quieter than the cornerback room, you know, Amos just kind of goes out and does his thing. Isn't, you know, we don't see his name a lot, which isn't the worst thing, but it's, it's really strange how I feel like maybe the years have flipped where last year our safeties were maybe the better group. And now Mm -hmm. they've kind of switched towards the cornerbacks who are kind of taking the more dominant role in that DB room. Yeah. I I, I, I think you go ahead, Eli. Sorry. No, I think all of us probably had Savage at the top of our list, and uh, he was definitely the top of mine. But other other than that, I would say, you know, we saw last week versus Fields, and then obviously against Huntley, and I would say a bigger way, and for sure at certain points in the game, a much bigger way. You know, I just think there needs to be better gap assignment and just ability to not allow there to be 10, 15, 20 yards of running room for a quarterback who, you know, if that happens against Tom Brady and you're never expecting him to run, like, I get it. But against Fields and Huntley, I don't know how the defense is not having as often as possible having a spy on the quarterback. And you saw, you know, on this first touchdown run in the fourth quarter, we only had 10 guys on the field. So that's already ridiculous. (laughs) And he basically walked into the end zone in the corner there. And then the touchdown right before the end of the game, again, like you can't just have the entire middle of the field open with no one watching an extremely mobile quarterback, like whether that's on on Joe Barry or guys just simply not playing their assignments, whatever it is, it needs to be cleaned up because whether it's this season or it's in general, everyone knows quarterbacks are just becoming more and more mobile and you can't allow there to be these running lanes. And also, as difficult as it can be to bring down these more agile quarterbacks. If you're getting your hands and for sure two hands around the quarterback, you got to bring him down. Like there's been too many missed sacks. I feel like the last couple weeks where he seems bottled up and then all of a sudden he slips away and either runs or finds an open completion. And I just think they need to, they need to be better with that and not not allow quarterbacks to beat them with their legs, especially going into the game knowing that that is going to be a, a major aspect of the quarterback's game. Yeah, I that that was the that was I think the I think that was the thing that really kept the Ravens in this game outside of the the Andrews the play to Andrews and stuff was was Huntley's ability to to be mobile and he he did an amazing job uh, and. It's real quick with Huntley. Let me get your thoughts on him real quick with from you guys. What did you make of his play? What did you, like, there's a lot of talk about him being better than some quarterbacks in the NFL right now, some starters. Where where do you see Huntley after what we saw uh on Sunday? I mean, it reminds me a little bit of Lamar Jackson's first year. I mean, it's like he's kind of like Lamar Jr. out there. Um, but it reminds me a lot of his first year where, you know, maybe not a lot of people haven't figured out. So he's able to just kind of run a lot on you and able to play the field that way with his legs. But 
also ability to throw the ball. So I think it was almost like Lamar Jackson, but could throw better. But I don't know, you know, that's a really small sample size um, against a team that's missing one of their, you know, I okay, I shouldn't say one of their, but as of how far they've gone in this season, you know, I didn't think of like Jair or Z, but you're missing Kenny Clark. So that kind of makes it easier on him. I don't know what all you can really take away from him against this defense. Um, you know, our defense tends to struggle against tight ends, which, you know, it took advantage of with Andrews. And I mean, I think that he is, he's somebody with a lot of potential. I don't know how, I mean, yeah, he probably is better than some of these quarterbacks. I don't know where I'd place him on the list, but um, I also wouldn't go out there and pay big money for him to come start. You know, I think that people just get so over overwhelmed with the flashiness of one big performance that they forget like, Hey, I don't know though. Maybe this is just one game. You'd have to see a little bit more consistency. So depending on how long Jackson's going to be out, if he continues to play like this, then yeah, because I mean, Taysom Hill was able to beat Tom Brady yesterday, but people aren't going to talk about how Taysom Hill is the greatest quarterback ever. So, I mean, you can't base unless everything. You're Sean Payton. <laughs> and, unless you're Sean Payton, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> Taysom Hill playing quarterback obviously made yeah. better money than any other week. But I think that Huntley, he shows a lot of great potential. It's just a matter of is that consistent performance or is that just, you know, I stepped on the big stage and had a hell of a night, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, Eli, real quick, your thoughts on Huntley and then give us uh, give us another stock down. Yeah. Um, I think I honestly think even just ignoring his rushing abilities, which I think we knew were there after seeing some of the small amount of time he played this year versus the Bears. He played a little bit last year, but I thought he had some really, really nice throws that were, you know, very like whether it's from the pocket or on the run, like stuff that I really wasn't expecting. Like for me, it was more as his defense in my head. I thought go in there and force him to beat you with his arm. And at times, it, it looked like he was capable of doing that. He missed the throw here and there, definitely. But, but he's the kind of guy that I think, you know, after being behind Lamar for a couple years, and like Jen said, what, do I think he's necessarily ready to go somewhere, you know, by next season and be a starter? I'm not sure. But I, I do think that he, he definitely could have a pretty legitimate career um, because he just – he seems to just not only be able to run very effectively, but just some of the throws he was making were just very, very spot on and just kind of surprised me, to be honest. So I thought he played very well. Yeah, I think spot on all of it. Huntley, stock up. Stock up for... Yeah. <laughs> so I guess my other stock down for us would be... I mean, it's not, it's not as much... But I, I continued to find, and I know the Ravens' secondary was really beat up, which definitely attributed to a lot of passing as opposed to running. But Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon combining for twenty carries, like I just, yeah. I just, I just think there could always be more because in the first half, and especially in the first quarter, when it seems like again we've talked about earlier in the show where we're not scoring, it seems like that's when the least amount of running is happening. And then all of a sudden you come out in the second half and Aaron Jones essentially runs the entire way down the field. And it's like, why aren't you doing this all game? And regardless of who's hurt in the secondary, who's not hurt, Devontae, whatever, 
you have two Pro Bowl caliber backs, essentially, and a good enough offensive line, or at least a good enough scheme, that they're going to be successful. And I just think that especially as it gets colder and it gets deeper into the season and you have teams coming up into Lambeau, LaFleur needs to be 100% on the gas with with the running game. I, as I say, I say it every single time on the show, but set up the pass off the run because it's a lot easier to go and maybe have a bit of a struggling run game and fall back on Aaron Rodgers as opposed to defenses sitting back not really letting the passing game go. And then you have to force, you have to rely on a run game to get you back in the game. Like I just think run the ball, set up the pass off it and go like that because 20 carries combined between the two of them for me, I just, I just, I think they're at least five or 10 carries off. And then, I mean, even, sorry, Eli, just the situational, the situational running of it is they're a good running defense. So when you need short yards or you're trying to run the clock out or you want to run the ball, why isn't AJ Dillon the primary guy every single time running the ball? You know, yeah. like like there were there were times there were times where it's like they tried to run that a little bit more of the finesse like zone block where it's like it's it's December 19th. Run the ball down their throat with AJ Dillon and go home happy. Like you were saying, you know, that's it just the the running game, the running game formula just hasn't been perfected yet. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is it's something that Matt Fleur has kind of struggled with at times throughout his whole career so far. And luckily, guys like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, they they cover up a little bit more of that. They 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 figure it out. And um yeah, they need to they need to figure out how to get I mean, there's one to figure out. Give AJ Dillon the ball more. That's <laughs> that's go. the end of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, AJ Dillon should have double digit touches. Yeah. Like every game. Mm-hmm. I don't I think I was surprised. I only saw I think I went looked and it was like seven. He had seven. So it, it always seems like he runs more than he really does because he's so impactful that, you know, you feel like he's out there right. for more than he is. And I mean him and Aaron Jones, my gosh, they were just slipping right through that defense. It was amazing to see. So, yeah, to come back and see, okay, well, they really weren't as involved as I thought they were because their their big runs kind of, you know, caused an illusion for me to make it seem like they were playing more than they really were. But, yeah, it's just kind of figuring out the situational run and utilizing them in times when you – need to and when it's going to benefit you the most instead of you know oh we haven't ran the ball in a while maybe we should try and run it now it's like figuring out when it's going to work best and when when to run when to pass you know you have the weapons for both so realistically you could get by doing either it's just a matter of kind of looking at this defense and what can we work with because I mean yeah it's it's just kind of confusing you know Matt LaFleur is such a phenomenal coach but this seems to be one of his biggest weak spots yeah. yeah, or just real quick, the last point on that. I just think if it is ever second and one, third and one, third and two, <laughs> if you're talking about a yard or two and the ball's not going to A.J. Dillon every single time, then I don't know what you're doing. It's just that's that's the simplest thing for me. It's just, yeah, people love to look at second and short as as an opportunity for a play action shot. And at times that that's true. You, you could pull that off. And if you see the defense is set up in a certain way, 
But 99 out of 100 times, if you need a yard, A.J. Dillon's going to get you that damn yard. So give him the ball. Like, I don't know why things have to get fancy with bootlegs or this, that. Give your gigantic running back that you drafted in the second round who's the size of a truck, give him the ball, and I guarantee he's going to get you the yard or two you need. And there's no need to try to get too fancy about it. Well, and it's like, I haven't looked at the stats, but I can guarantee that AJ Dillon is averaging more than a yard per carry. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, we don't have to pretend like, oh, well, it's strategic. Is he going to get it this time? Like he averages like three, four, five yards per carry on a bad day. So yeah, yeah. that strategy really shouldn't be something. But, you know, I'm not an NFL coach. I'm just somebody who talks into a microphone and thinks I know what I'm doing. But it just seems <laughs> like something that should be a little bit simpler than it is. Yeah. Uh, Janelle, any other, any other uh, stock downs that we might have missed? You said you were kind of having you were having trouble finding stock downs. Do you have any others to, to throw in here? Yeah, I mean, we can just beat the dead horse and bring up special teams. I mean, <laughs> oh but you and God. I, we, we talked about But not about as how, bad. But we talked about, yeah. is this a dark horse stock up? Because they didn't play as bad. But no, they're still bad. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not even special teams. Maybe I just need to put stock down in Mo Drayton because whatever he is doing – is not working. And I don't know. Is like, is it the coaching? Are they not listening? Is it the players? Like, I don't know what is the, the main issue here, but something has, you know, you gotta, it's kind of like science where it's like, you gotta just change maybe one thing at a time, find the control, change one thing. Okay. Like everything is still bad. So this obviously wasn't the main problem, like trying to fix, you know, it just, it's frustrating week in and week out. And I, I don't know. I, it makes me nervous when they are so bad that you have to risk the health of your star players like Jones and Dylan and Douglas and putting them out there when special teams injuries happen mm-hmm. far too often. I mean, I don't want to see Aaron Jones take a cheap shot on special teams or go down like Hill did, you know. Right. I don't want it to come down to having to risk the health of guys that you need in the long run, which I don't want anybody to get hurt but there are guys that you need to protect as much as you can. And by having to put them out there in a position like that, because your special teams just can't get it figured out and you have to basically call in a ringer to maybe hope that something is going to be okay. And I mean, like you don't even have Randall Cobb that you can use for that anymore because he's out for the time being. So it's just, it's frustrating in all those aspects, you know, they're making the mistakes you're out there, you're putting guys out there who you really don't want to see. And, I don't know. Mo Drayton's got to figure it out or, you know, I don't see them doing an in-season fire, but I also don't know if I see him coming back next year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
if he comes back next year, then I will be the head coach and then I'll fire him because God, it, it's, it's not even possible. Like, and I get it. They're, they're not only a playoff team, they're arguably and maybe not arguably the best team in the NFL right now, but we can't, you know, pretend that, I mean, special teams, it could cost the entire season, whether it's going to cost them over the next few weeks, a potential one seed, or I'm not even going to say, you know, in the playoffs, whatever it could be, but it's it's beyond ridiculous that at this point it's like we shouldn't have a punt returner. Let them punt it and let it land where it lands and just right. deal with it from there. Kick returns, take it out of the end zone. I will come after you and potentially your family. Stay in the damn end zone. <laughs> yeah. Do not take right. the ball out. The one time Amari Rogers actually had a decent return, hold. Yeah, every just, time. Every time. It's, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And then you have Isaac Yadam running into the punter oh, as if he thought yep. no one was there for yeah. miles. Like no, it was no. so blatantly I totally awful. I forgot about that. I don't know how I forgot about that. I think <laughs> I because it happens so early in the game, and I don't think I've seen Yadam's name on the field unless I just completely like ignore him. I haven't seen him actually on the field doing anything in yeah. I don't know how long, yeah. especially since Douglas came into the picture. So it's to see him, and then he does that. It's like I hope like. He's somebody I didn't even think was going to make the active roster at the beginning of the year. And it's like, okay, he is not your answer. Just send him <laughs> back to the bench, please. I mean, uh, he, 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 was, he was not going to be your knight in shining armor. And it's like, I didn't even see if he, I didn't see when he put his arm up, but it's like, there's no way he was stopping. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it, it was no comical. Idea. It was he pretty comical. Just... <laughs> I, I literally, at the end of the Ridiculous. game, End of the game, I call my dad celebrating that we stopped the two-point conversion and we're going to win the game. Like, oh, my gosh, we're going to win the game. And then the camera cuts to them getting ready for the kickoff, and I was like, oh, God. Okay, yeah. it happens yeah. so <laughs> fast. <laughs> it happens so fast. I didn't even have time to panic over it. They lined yeah, up and no, kicked it. God, I, was like, I was like, wait a minute. They just did an onside kick. I had no idea it was even coming. So, I mean, if they're right. going to onside, do it like that every time. It's like ripping the bandage off. Yeah. Didn't yeah, have any time to worry about it. Just, yeah, just take, yeah. take it over. I see Devante <laughs> on that side of the field, and I didn't notice it was A.J. Dillon in front of him. But all of a sudden, I see not number 17 going after the ball. <laughs> And I'm just like, no, stop. <laughs> but yeah, like Jen said earlier, the fact that Dylan can go and and what should be a routine play, but as we saw last week versus the Bears, maybe not so routine. And obviously other times, which we will not even mention, for Dylan to just go and just cleanly recover that onside kick and the game was huge. Uh, but yeah, my heart stopped when I saw one of the people in front of Defonte go after that ball. <laughs> Um, all right, guys, let, we start to wrap this up here. Um, you want to let the people know where they can find you all? Anything you want to promote this week? Uh, Janelle, we'll start with you. Yeah, per usual, you can find me at Big Mac underscore four on Twitter. I do have the link tree in my bio that you can click on. You can find all my shows, obviously, every, every other Tuesday here on Pack-A-Day with Dan and Eli. Every Wednesday with Zach and Eli on Game on Wisconsin on Open Book. I also do the Packer preview with Ross Uglum over on Packer Report TV. And uh, obviously I'm doing it right after this, so you won't know ahead of time, but you can go watch the replay of it on YouTube. I will be on Carry the G with AJ Dillon over on Cheesehead TV. So, yeah, I mean, coming off of a good game, it'll be fun to 
get to kind of pick his brain a little bit and talk to him. So yeah, big week, you know, it is what it is. I'm excited yeah. that we're 11 and just three another, and I've got a lot of killing it. Yep. Yeah, got a lot going on. So <laughs> it's always better when you're talking about wins. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Eli. Um, yeah. First off, Jen, make sure to thank AJ for all of us for picking up that onside <laughs> kick. Uh, because yeah, that scared me. Um, but for me, like Jen said, you can find me, Jen, and Zach Jacobson every Wednesday on Open Book uh, through Game on Wisconsin. You can find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. And uh, check out my YouTube page at Eli Berkovitz, where I post uh, all my Packer clips, highlights, hype videos, stuff like that. And you can find me also on PackerReport.com, some of my writing covering the Packers. So, Obviously, uh, yeah, like John said, coming off a win, always going to be a lot more positive content. So check that out. Yeah, cool. I love all of it. Uh, I am on Twitter at DK all the way. You can find my stuff there uh, every Wednesday, 830 Eastern, 730 Central, right before these two on open book. We've got Lombardi's Bar and the Game on Wisconsin YouTube channel. Uh, and then my piece over on Game on Wisconsin every Friday that drops on the website. Uh, the leap you can check that out as well every friday morning um make sure you're following us at packaday podcast on twitter tell your friends about us like subscribe rate review we're getting close here to obviously close to playoff time this is when you want all of the best content and it's right here every single day at packaday podcast for eli for jen for myself saying so long everybody Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy some time with your family and friends safely. And until we talk again, go Pack Go. Go Go Pack Go. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer mail checks invoices documents and everything you need to keep your business running get rates up to 89 percent off usps and ups and with the mobile app you can take care of mailing on the go make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com sign up at stamps.com with code program for a special offer that's stamps.com code program